the game. Alright, so that was an awkward start to hour two. We supposed to have music playing us in that didn't for some reason play, so uh, we are back in hour two at Iron Buffalo Beyond the Blade episode 100. Our uh, cheering section, our fan section has grew a little bit here. Uh, we have Jay Moser from Dive of the Blade, one of our contributors who stepped in. So Jay, uh, what would you say? He hit his bio and says that he can put a number to anything? He says I can put a number on anything. Alright, so in hour two, we're going to make Jay prove that he can put a number to anything. We're going to give him some ridiculous number and try to make him, or something topic and make him put a number to it. So, there's a lot we're going to touch on here in this hour. We kind of sped through hour one, which kind of surprised me. So... I think we should at least be remiss as we kind of literally cut off in the middle of a topic. Yeah. We should kind of go back to Reinhardt. Okay. And end there. So we were on Reinhardt as a center because I kind of gave my thoughts on it and you guys didn't speak on it. So I guess Anthony or Billy guys can decide who goes first. What are your thoughts about that idea in general of moving Reinhardt back to center? So, I mean, originally I... It was talked about so much and I, and I thought it was just... I didn't like it, to be honest. Okay. And, uh, but, I mean, reading your article, I can see it, and I, I don't like... The, the thing I don't like is, to your point, that it surprised me, too, that it was only 12 games that they tried it. Like, if you're going to try something, do it enough of a sample size that you can know that it's either going to work or it's not going to work. And the biggest thing for me that I hate is we knew the season was over last year, and they didn't do anything yes. to get ready for yep. this year. Yeah. Try things out, put people in different situations, so then you're not doing that at the beginning of this year. And... So that's, I mean, that's a frustrating thing for me. I, I'm fine with it, especially if, to your point, it's going to be hard to get a second center. I, I think he can play that role, and I actually think he'll be fine in that role. You're just going to have to find him the right pieces around him to be able to support that, uh, which, of course, is going to be the hard part because that's the gap in this team right now. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm fine with it, and I think if you're going to do it, though, you got to do it. What, half a season at least yeah. to, to be able to get a true sample size to know going forward okay is this going to work or not yeah the point you brought up about you know when the season was lost and so yeah, yeah. Why, why are you not trying anything we're still slamming you know Reinhardt Eichel Skinner down everybody's throats like that line like we definitely don't know what we've got there right you know what so I mean ridiculous um but to the point of Reinhardt at center, I've I've advocated to re- kind of rehash the experiment since the beginning of last year. It's tough for me to take a 20, you know, 19, 20-year-old Sam Reinhardt and say, well, that didn't work, you know, putting him at center. It's like, yeah. okay, are we going to move Casey Middlestat to the wing? Because he had a way worse first year at center. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've always been a proponent of at least trying it again with Reinhardt and passing it over to Chad. I think he made the argument as to why there's a good chance it could work. And it's not like players haven't done it before, right? I mean, we see right, Ryan O'Reilly, who just left. He did that. He started his career on the wing, moved to center. Max Domi, who we all laugh at Montreal for moving him to center. They traded for him. Like, he couldn't barely play wing. and make him in the center. Great year as a center. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of other guys. There's somebody else I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But there's somebody else. Oh, Sebastian Ajo was the other one. Started as a winger. They moved in the center this year in Carolina because they had none. He started off a little bit rough. They put him back in the wing, went back to the center, stuck with it, had a great year. He's going to get paid like $10 million this year. Yeah, right. As a restricted free agent. So, like, they're so 
I don't think you should close your doors to anything. This scene has been so unsuccessful that you shouldn't be closed-minded to any single thing. Right. Besides those people who think that you should make wrist liner forward. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> but other than that... <laughs> Nathan Cage. It's hybrid. Other than that, I think... You can. You should be open. I mean, I think it works. I mean, what, are, what were his teammates? I, I had like Gergensen's, Baptiste, Bailey, Jordan Nolan. I don't remember who the other ones were, but like the only guy that was still in the league, that was his team. Oh, Seth Griffith was another one who just got a two-way deal with Winnipeg to stay yeah. in the in the AHL because he's a good AHL player. But like of like those eight players or seven players, like there's only one player that still is an everyday NHL player, and it's Gergensen. Yeah, like all those right. players. Like, We'll probably be gone this year. Right, right. I mean, that's probably the NHL, but like he's, right, right. he's like, it's just crazy that it was such a small sample size that I, I even thought it was bigger until when I looked at it, like I mentioned before. 12 games, terrible teammates, not to mention you had a player who was, I mean, this, this is going to be a, a Phil Housley decision, a player who was transitioning at a young age to a new position the first time he's ever played it in the NHL. You get those teammates, and then you're going to get 40-ish percent of your time starting in the defensive zone. Good luck. Right. Like that's that wasn't even Housley, that was Bilesman, right? No, that was Housley last year when he did it. Seventeen no, no, no. eighteen. Oh, I was talking about Reinhardt early on when we tried to, I thought you were talking about when they tried oh, to no, no, no. initially. I'm like there's I'm like, No, that was that was Housley. It was last year, seventeen eighteen. Right? No, I'm saying the year before maybe I messed up. Alright, go ahead. I thought it was, it was last year, I the year before. center, right? Yes, but not I thought, this like, past the season before right, that. Fair enough. I thought we were talking about his rookie season. Oh, his rookie season. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. No, no, no. I'm talking okay. about the season he was at center. They started gotcha. him at center. No, no. I'm with yeah. you. All right, I'm okay. with you now. Same page now. Okay. You threw me off. I'm like, wait a minute. Was my whole article premise like wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Betrayal number four. I was, gonna, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was ready for it, but I, I was able to hold it back. Glad you guys could work that. He's throwing bombs at me here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's now someone else brought up. I think Michael brought up. How does that change his contract value? I think mm. it could. Because if you move him to center yeah. and he's good at it, well, maybe we're in the eight to eight and a half range now. That's why you got to extend him this summer before you make the transition. Right. And again, those are the things that they have to be talking about now. Yeah. Get on the same page so they can make those decisions for what is the best for going forward. I think personally, honestly, if I'm looking at it, as much as I would like them to do it, but Bottle was a general manager of this team. Now, I understand he's not going to go down and tell the coach how to manage his lineup. But if he at some point brought up to Housley, hey, maybe try Reiner at center, and Housley says no, like who they literally tells their boss no, like in a way. Like, so I feel like if, well, yeah, I, I guess Bottle, I just don't think Bottle's going to be open to it. That, that's the kind of where I'm going to land on it. I, I don't think he'd be open to that. I think he maybe would have tried it or done it already, or at least at the end of the last season. I think and that's right. I, I just, well, I just, how much do you really think he's going down and saying that kind of thing? Though? Because there was so much last year that he should have been able to go down and well, say, right, you know, yeah, right, "Stop right. that offer, stop that." And he, well, we can assume he didn't, or if he did, or if he. I mean, we had him yeah. saying like that. Reinhardt can drive his own line. We heard him say it, and the next day, Ryan, that night, that game, Reinhardt was on. The, with Eichel and Skinner on that line, so it's and Kruger does seem like a guy who would try something different, right? So I mean, if if you're looking for the ideal coach to have the you know give that a shot, maybe maybe Kruger says, "Hey, Jason, you know, what I mean, here's kind of how I'm seeing this. Maybe he sees it the same way you do, and you know, he's a great communicator. Maybe he can yeah. convince Bodro like we need to try this. So yeah, I wouldn't say it's a dead cause, but you're right. I think there's a less than fifty percent chance it happens. Yeah, yeah. I, at the very least, think it's fifty fifty. All right, so we talked about Rista Linen, uh, so we don't need to rehash on that again. Uh, Reinhardt recovered. 
But I think the next thing we can kind of get into, which I think we'll get into the game that Bill has us for us here. You want to do that now? Yeah, we can, well, let's, let's kind of set it up first. So the next kind of topic we're going to touch on here a little bit is who do we need to get next? What do we, what do, we do to improve the roster now? we got Skinner. we got your coach. Step one, step one check. Step two check. Now it's now it's the meat and potatoes of your offseason, right? It's improving your roster defensively, offensively, up front, bottom six, everywhere. A lot of holes in this roster. So well, I didn't have new ones, so maybe we should save it for... You didn't have what? I don't have current UFAs. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You sure? Yeah. So we'll we save. always save them when we're not live. No, we'll, we'll, right, we'll get to it. We'll, we're not getting rid of the second, but we'll, we'll try to sneak it in. Um, we're doing it live. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... I guess I think the kind of the cool thing is we can kind of go around and we can start. I guess I can even go first. What's your favorite? Does it be free agent trade? Free agent. If you want to be an offer sheet guy, go for it. What's your favorite idea? So I'll start with mine. There's two. And if you follow me on Twitter, which I think most of you do here, you're going to know what my two are going to be. It's going to be Jason Zucker one and Colin Miller number two. Those are my two favorite ideas this summer. So you get a forward, who I think then your top line can be Skinner, Eichel, and Zucker, which is a real nice top line. You can get Reinhardt on your second line. You have Olsen on your second line. All of a sudden, you have a pretty nice top six coming together. And then I think Miller is extremely undervalued. I think his contract is good. He'll give you offense. He's also good defensively. He's a good puck mover. He skates well. So I think that could work, too. Those are my two guys. Zucker, Colin Miller, those are my two guys. Bill on you. We used to talk about my favorite. And don't don't be afraid. You can copy somebody else's, by the way. Like if somebody mentions it, don't like say like you don't okay. have. You, you can use it. I mean, so I, this is not my favorite, but I've always, for whatever reason, I think I just I was a fan of the old Edmonton team, so I've always had a soft spot for Eberle. Mm, okay. So if we could bring him in as a you know a second line. When leader. I wrote that article, I thought in my head all bills, and I love this. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you wrote that, I was actually kind of surprised it did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I can't believe that Edmonton blew that team up like they did with the guys that they had. Um, so I, I, I really think I like Everly. I love the Risto to Tampa idea, trying to get something out of there and trying to get some good value. Um, but yeah, I think those are my my two. Um. Yeah, uh, I think the one we talked about a little bit uh, in, in hour number one was uh, the Truba deal. I think that's that's one of my favorite ones. If we can flip Risto and something for Truba and something. I mean, look at your top four at that point. You've got Rasmus Dahlin and conceivably Truba, right? Then you've got McCabe, Montador, and then Pilot, who would eventually become your second pairing guy after yep. next year, I would think. And then Pilot, Bogosian, Borgen, whoever. Your defense just became a strength yeah. when it's been a weakness for the better part of the last decade, right? So I think that's my favorite one, and I'm, one that I'm surprised hasn't come up at all yet. Uh, I think a UFA signing of Junis Donskoy is... Yes, that's uh, a good one. That's a good one. His perceived value, I think that's a great way to fill out your middle six a little bit with a versatile guy. Um, yeah, so that's my second favorite one. Donskoy is really good. I will... Disclaimer here: Zucker would have absolutely been my top one, but I want to do something. <laughs> I agree with your Zucker take. Yeah, fair I, enough. I wanted to skip that one too. But fair enough. I, and that's the other thing too for the because I heard a lot of fear, I guess, because of the injuries that have happened in the off season. Yeah, that, like we're not going to trade Risto because of those injuries. I just want to say you don't have to not get a deep back. Like right, exactly. I don't know why you know exactly. what I mean. Or sign one of agency. I wrote about 
Jordy Ben, you've written about a couple guys in free agency that low key. I will stand for Brad Hunt yeah. as my seventh D. Yeah, I will do it. That's what I mean. It's, a, it's, you, it's not like you can't go out. Of, like we all talk about, it, it's a replacement level defenseman. Right. Yeah. go find a replacement level. It's right. so easy. Exactly. There's, there's a lot of viable ones on the market this year, and I didn't. I haven't looked like in years past if that's like a common thing. But course, you know, or analytically, I see like. Six to seven guys who I can have for under a million and a half yeah. to fill out depth on defense, who I really, really enjoy. Like they're positive impact players across the board. So, um, yeah, I mean, make a savvy trade too. It can be done. Go right. trade sure. CJ Smith for some guy that none of us are talking about. We're right. like, oh, that guy's a good idea, or like whatever. Sure. Use something. Yeah. Like just you can do that. You're allowed to. Like it's so. You know, I, I think there's. Even what they've been doing going over to Europe. I mean, that, yes. that in itself, it's free, right. it's easy. You know, it's I mean, Arturo Rousselini could be a, a nice ad this year. I worked last year with Pilot, and Tiefen is whatever, I guess you could say. I think he didn't get a fair shot, but whatever. But, yeah, I mean, that Europe thing works. I mean, that, that's, it does. I, I think Rousselini is a guy that is, well, a lot of people are talking about. I think – I'm not sure he makes it out of camp, but – I think he's a guy maybe by mid-season that can get up here. I mean, he's. I, I think people don't understand. He was. I watched him a lot in Liga. Well, when I could, because um, I was. I, you know, I love Laxiden. So whenever I can get a chance yeah. to like, sit down, I mean, it's hard because those games are like at like eleven o'clock. So it's like you know you have to like kind of find those games in a way when you have time. But the guy is small, so again, small forward. But he's a late bloomer. He's only twenty-one years old. He's quick. He's hard on the puck. He's a strong forechecker. He, I mean, he scored in the league as a 21-year-old. I think it was 20 goals, which is impressive playing against men. That's a good league. I think we understand how good the SHL and Liga is now and appreciate that. I, I think that's that's a better league to send guys in the AHL. Like, when they moved Davidson from, um, I forgot where he was now, to Vaxo, instead of bringing him over here, I think that was a great idea. He's going to have a great coach. He's going to learn under there. And he's going to play top-line minutes against really good hockey players in Europe. Where if he comes here, what is he, a third or a fourth line guy for the Amherst? So I, I think it, it using some of those players in Europe or keeping them there a little bit longer, maybe one extra year I think helps. Now it might add a year into their development because they got to come over here, they got to get used to North American ice and things like that. But um, do you think that's? I mean, obviously the transition takes time. But do you think it's the biggest problem is to make it out there? Depends. I think for like I think Olsen it's didn't really have that much of an issue. No, I think it's more of an issue for defensemen than forwards. That makes sense because you know there, there's more room, there's more ice, there's when you're when you have the puck in the defensive zone you have more space to just dump the puck to where it's in the NHL I think things happen quicker because the players are faster and I think there's less space to react or just throw it somewhere where in I think in Europe you can kind of get away with that and it's, it's also a different game where it's not you know you don't have to worry about some guy driving through a wall because it's not really a big thing that happens in Europe that's more of a thing in North America so yes I think for defensemen it's more of an issue than a forward but the same thing with forwards too is there's more space in Europe where there is here. So I think one of the things that Olsen showed he could do is he could find that opening still, find the space to get a shot off, which was the thing. We all know his greatest greatest shot was, but could he come over here and still find the openings, the space to get his shot off and score goals? And he did it, and I'm I'm irrationally excited about that guy. Like, I, 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 like there's so many times I try not to like get overexcited about him. And they take it over the top. Like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a 25, 30 goal scorer. Like, I'm like, okay, maybe he's like 20, but still, you put him with a good center. You put him, I'll say, you put him with Reinhardt, who we did go with last year as a playmaker, a setup guy, even on the wing, not necessarily a center. 
I think there's no question you can probably get 20 to 25 goals out of that guy and then put him on your power play with that shot and watch your power play get better too. Yeah, just the way going back, we covered a lot of ground there. Uh, we did. We, kind of, <laughs> we did get a lot of area. Yeah, uh, covering or going back to uh, Roots Liner, rather. The way you were describing him, am I weird to say he sounds a little bit like Jeff Skinner? I, admittedly, I haven't seen a ton of him, and I've probably seen less of him than you have. You know, because you've been following Laxon a little closer. And if he is like Jeff Skinner, if you confirm that, can we call him Jeff Finner? No. <laughs> we can't do we, we no. can't do that as a team. Right. That betrayal um, is not going no, in this No, no, all joke, joke, joke aside. Um, th- there was a, there was talk about uh, his um, Liga team could waive their right to hang on to him if he's not on an NHL roster. So right. they could basically say, you know, Sabres, you know, he doesn't make the Sabres, which I don't see how he could with how many NHL contracts they currently yeah. have. Um, but the Sabres call and say, hey, we want to send him to the HL. It's to the, his his league team's discretion whether or not they allow that, right? Am I, I understand that correctly? You're right. So here's here's the deal on that quickly, and then we'll kind of get back to the free agent sure. offseason stuff here. So I talked to uh, Yoki Nevalainen, who I had on the podcast yes. to talk about Ruslanen, and I asked him the question on air, and we talked about it off air too. The way he brought it to me is, yes, that is correct. That is the situation. But he said that those teams in Finland – 95% of the time are not going to restrict the player if Roosplain comes up and says, hey, I want to stay in North America and move on with my career. Now, if he wants to go back to Finland, he'll go. Okay. But I guess the team, the Sabres would ask the team, and the team would then go to the player and ask him what his thought is. Do you want to come back or do you want to stay there? And if he wants to stay there, then 95% of the time since they let you do that because he says is when players are deciding where to go, if you have a reputation as a team that tries to hold back these players, uh, they're not going to sign with that team. They'll go somewhere that else. That makes sense. That makes so, sense. Well, that's the thing. I think it's not as big of a deal as somebody made it out to be. If he wants to be, if he wants to stay here, which we don't know, we don't know that part of it. Maybe he does want to go to Europe inside the AHL, but I kind of find that hard to believe. Yeah, same. Um, I don't think that'd be an issue at all. I think it'll be good with that. Cool. Interesting stuff. The European dynamics of NHL hockey now. It's yes. crazy. Um, but yeah, going back to this. So we talked about earlier the cap space, $20 million. There's there's opportunity. There's players. Uh, there's free agents. You know, Botterill, I was looking during our break, uh, was talking about free agency today, and he said he plans to talk to free agents, be involved in it. But if he followed that up by saying, but... Sometimes the best, best approach in the offseason is to explore trades over free agency. So I think I could see him going into the free agent market and being like a mid-tier guy. Maybe it's Don Square grabs. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to go in and he's going to go get Duchesne for $9 million. I just don't think it's going to... Again, it's my guess in reading his conversation. Right. Probably be best. Right, doing that. But if you look at Bottle's past, he's made a he's has made a lot of trades. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. he's I mean there's there's the Bolu trade, there's Cherry last year. I know I'm missing more, but there's, there's Skinner, Skinner trade, I mean, right? The big one, there's right, yeah. Scandella trade. Right. So I mean he he's not afraid to go out and make deals. He'll he'll do that. So you know I think and it, it may it's smarter. Is I, I think we could see more trades this summer than we do free agent signings. Maybe we'll get one or two. And again, they're going to be mid tier. But I, I think your your roster surgery is going to come via trade, and that can be wrist aligning, or it can be using that second first round pick, which we're going to kind of get to in a little bit here. Right. I think those can be your two ways of going about it. 
I, looking at the you know at the unrestricted list, right? I think the guy with the highest potential price tag that I could conceivably see them pursuing is Nyquist. I think I don't think yeah. they'll go above that, right? Like, or I think Everly is possible with his history with Kruger. Oh, okay. I think Everly that's is possible. Point. I didn't consider that, but yeah. Everly aside, I think that's like their their top end of their median market, right above their target. Like, like a five and a half to six million dollar player, like that, that's the right. highest they'll go. I think so, and I don't, I'm not even sure he gets that. But right. but yeah, I think six million they'd be. I think Byron would be hard pressed to do that. I don't think he'd want to do that. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I. I'm predicting more than two trades this offseason that involve roster players. I'm not talking like nonsense trades. You know? <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, I, I agree that I think he's kind of set the precedent that he, he does his roster surgery on the you know trade market. Um, he's a little hit or miss with how his you know the returns on his deals, how those will come back. I mean, right. some of them are kind of a wash, like the Minnesota deal. I mean. So whatever it, we won it. I mean, because Pomeville was the Pomeville best, was the best player in that trade, which is crazy. To be, right? yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, 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 I'm I think Foley was fine. He had a rough first like year. He was fine deal. last year. Shiri deal was fine. Yeah, the O'Reilly deal is a mess. Yeah. Like that, that's, the Skinner deal is fantastic. Right? Skinner deal is great. So I mean, there's really only one. Now, I bring this up a lot, and a lot of people rag yeah. on Bottero. Like yeah, that O'Reilly miss. miss was really, really bad miss. Yeah. That's really is only. And the only One hit that was a really miss. great hit, and then right. everything else is just kind of man. Like it's like okay, right? It's, yeah, it's fine. He hasn't done anything to blow you away, but at the same time, I don't think it's done anything to like think this guy has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Right? Could yeah. Be I mean, the thing is, he's gonna have to start hitting too, though. It's well, right. Yeah. Now, as we talked about, Rissalainen's your only big trade chip. Yep. You don't have a second this year. You don't have your fourth or fifth. Yeah. Next year, you don't have your third. So you're kind of like running out of stuff here. So I, I think to your point, now you need to go. Hopefully with Kruger, use your analytics and find your Don Scoys, get those cheaper guys, so that even if you need to eventually move on to them, you can use them as trade chips. Because you don't have anybody right now in that lower tier that you can like one for one somebody. Like you're not giving away Jurgensen for something right. to get something of value in return. I think the only guy who can be parlayed in that regard is Jake McCabe's rights. I think that's the only yeah. thing of value that you'd be willing to part with that could get you maybe something. I agree. Trade for another RFA's rights who isn't coming to an agreement, right? Maybe just swap RFA's. Right. But, yeah, I think but I, I agree with what you're getting at. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cave would be the only one that I'd worry about a little bit with the injuries because now I think you more right. or less have to keep. Right. We talked about it before we did that McKay piece. Is yeah. you know he's everyone says Scandella or you can't trade Russell because injuries. I don't know about that, but I think the one guy who that does bring an issue up is McKay. Yeah. Now, what I mentioned you and we talked about it is maybe maybe you sign McKay for two years. He's yeah. here this year, and then next season you can use him as your trade chip to go get exactly. something, and maybe he plays. With a good player like Montour, yep, and it increases his value. And then next summer, you can get him for more than you could have this year, right? So yeah, that's- I outlined both of those exact things. That, yeah, in that yeah. article, right? So um, McCabe is kind of a wild card for me a little bit, right? Where I don't think he was optimized at all last year. I don't think they had him with a guy complimentary of his strengths and. You know, people want to look at the list and say, well, yeah, you know, but he did great with Scandella. What's up with that? I'm like, ah, the 100-minute sample size is what's up with that. That's that's five games, you know, essentially, right? That's nothing. Um, So, yeah, I think they failed to optimize him, almost undebatably so. Uh, I'd like to see him with Montour. I think that's a very complimentary player of his skill set. What sucked about last season a little bit was Montour arrived and McCabe's like, oh, I'm out. My shoulder yeah. is like collapsing out. So, I think they got like one or two games together. They, right? And those one or two games, they were pretty good. Yeah, they, I think they had a total of like 23 minutes. Yeah, I think it was like at the end of the season, like one or two games. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'd really like to see what he can do. Um, and like you said, we're, like worst case scenario, right? Two year deal. He's not going to make more than two and a half in my. Well, opinion, Paul Hamilton right? said he's getting three million dollars a year. So I disagree with Paul. <laughs> um, I've never said that in my life. Um, but no, uh, yeah, I think I think they'd be okay. Two point seven five. We'll meet in the middle, Paul. He's getting um, like he's getting like two, maybe. Right? Okay. Maybe. I don't think he's getting more than two and a half. No. But anyway, um, that's two years at a really reasonable contract. Worst case scenario, you've got a really strong seventh D in that second year. You know, if, if Laxanen comes up or, you know, yeah. whomever. Whomever you want. Borgen is ready. Bryson. Bryson, yep. sure. The B-Boys. I always, exactly. I, I always remember Borgen. Like, what the, what's the other kid's stupid name? <laughs> I know Providence Friars. I know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and then, like you said, best case scenario, he gets phased out and he's still good. It's a really inexpensive trade ship. Like, yep. there you go. Like, yeah. talk about value. Yeah. That's the funny thing is you and I have been talking about him being the odd man out for how long? Now? Yeah, I know, right? So anyone it's talking, like uh, anyone talking about trading him because like he sucks and I want him gone. Well, that's dumb. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. I said, he's, he, at the beginning of last season, we just thought he was the odd man out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of last season, they they had like 15 defensemen. Like there's no way they're gonna keep anybody. They didn't trade anybody. So <laughs> they moved Bolu, and that was it. They somehow got through with all of it. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. Was out for like three quarters of the year. Right. But still, I mean, they I had, thought he was gonna get robot yeah, outside. Right. Didn't happen, but. Yeah. That's how I was looking. Like his locker was empty or something. Yeah. Someone's. Yeah. I, I think quickly. I I think Conwick and Saboka could be your wave guys. I, there's no way. If you ask me right now, would I rather have Scandella or Saboka on my team next year? I'd rather have Scandella. You cannot go into next season with Saboka stepping on the ice for a single second in the I NHL. Agree. I agree. Just wave him. Call him out. Um, we're waving you with Senior Rochester. I almost guarantee you he's not reporting and he'll go to Europe. Or he'll let you assign him to somebody in Europe. Just, I. I maybe he shows up and takes $3.1 million and plays in the AHL. Whatever, fine. But I, I would dare him to do it. Dare him. Like, okay, you're going to wave you and see if you show up in, in the minors. Yeah. I just, I mean, he comes to training camp probably. But after that, even if you have to pay him, just you, he can't. He's such a negative impact, like more so than bad. anybody. Yeah, like maybe ever. Like he's like yeah. one of the worst. And uh, the only yeah, thing I'll give him is Housley abused yeah. him with his usage. Fine, that's the still, small bit that I'll give him. But he is still just just no, dreadful. No. And, yeah, and, that, and coming from a guy who was probably more critical of Marco Scandal than anybody last year, I agree with you. That's how bad Vladimir Spokane yeah, is, right. right? You took the president of the Get Rid of Scandal fan club and said, like, well, yeah, I'd rather have him than Saboka. <laughs> so it's, yeah, yeah, I just, I can't. It, it's it's kind of like, which is weird, it's kind of like last year for me and you, where I was like, you can't come back with Gergenton and Larson next year. You can't hit them both. They came back. But to Larson's credit, he had a huge bounce back year. we can, and we've added Scott Wilson. Right, right, right. <laughs> Right, so let's so we'll see how that goes. But just personally, just I, I can't I can't have anything about it. So before we get to the draft, because you have about twenty-ish minutes to go here still. So before we get to the draft part, there's one question I want to ask you guys on the free agency trade thing. And Bill, we're going to save your game for a little time. We're running out of time here. That's fine. So I think we should. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get questions in too. So if I told you right now, Ristolainen's on this team next season. How confident are you the team is going to be improved? Or do you think he has So basically my question is, do you think Rissline has to be moved for the team to considerably improve themselves? Do you remember last season? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I don't see I how... Like, we've been kind of you know talking about this in a roundabout way this whole time. 
how are you? What are you recouping? Well, he's your trade exactly. Like, what are you recouping exactly. to improve if you're not getting rid of him? Right? It's the only thing of value. So, and that goes to Will's question about maybe Kruger yeah. makes him better. But I'm, I'm honestly, it's not only an addition by subtraction. Yeah, but he's your that. trade chip to get right. better players in here. Right. Indubitably, if he's back, yeah. they're not going to improve. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't need. Again, he's only 24, 25, and he's still young, but he's really not. And this is this is the when you're between 23 to 26 years old in today's NHL, that is your prime years now. You're not a young player anymore. You're young when you're like 18 to 21. Because how many players come up that early in their career? So I, I just I, I don't want to say for like the fifth year in a row. Well, maybe this will help. Well, maybe we'll get him better line mates. Maybe we'll use him different. Maybe we'll play him less. Maybe the coach will help him. Maybe this coach will help him. Like. How was he supposed to be the coach that helped him? Right. And he right. didn't. Yeah. So now I'm going to believe. I mean, I have faith in Kruger. I'm going to believe he's going to drastically make Ristolainen a better player. Like, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, I Let somebody else go try it. Let somebody else play him in a sheltered third pair minutes. Play him on the power play. And he doesn't kill them. Everyone be like, well, look how good Ristolainen's doing. Like, I don't care. Look at my JT Miller and whatever, how good they're doing for me. And I'm going to have a net negative defenseman getting playing 25 minutes a night. Like, I, I'll, I'm okay. He can go be good in Tampa. I mean, not, you know what I mean. Like, he can go play a role fine and be an okay player for that team. I'll be okay with that if I get decent return back. I think that's the most important part. Yeah. If you're moving with Salon and you can't get an O'Reilly deal back, yes. you no, need to I hit. No, You've you got to get value. You've got to get players and help on your roster now. That's the most important he part He needs of to it. be seen in that trade by the other GM as the biggest piece in the trade. Yes. 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 Right. Correct. Okay. So... I want to get some questions in, but I also want to talk about the draft briefly because that's like it's like a week away or two weeks away from yesterday. So seventh overall, Trevor Zegers, Cole Caulfield, Dylan Cousins, Kirby Dak, Dak, Dak Peyton Krebs. Uh, who? Did he really? Oh, there you go. Well, that changes things. Breaking so, news. Breaking news. Say those words again. Peyton Krebs tore his Achilles. You right. heard it here first. Probably not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so that okay. So we'll take Peyton Krebs out of it, which is fine because I wasn't a big fan of his anyways. So that probably that probably drops him out of the first round, honestly. Um, Boldy, or is it the only other guy. We didn't I think he's the guy I have below Krebs. Even I'm not. I'm just not sure. a huge Boldy fan at all. I think his skating. The, the, the way I kind of put it too, there's somebody on that team, that U.S. development team, who is not as good as they look because of all the other good players in that team. Right. And I think Boldy's that guy. I agree. I think you're correct. Yeah. So that, that's my whole thing on Boldy. So I think we're just naming guys in that region. I didn't right. realize Chandra loves Boldy. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I guess we're gonna do the same thing last time. So we'll go around. Maybe who is? Let's say they stay at seven. Anthony, stay at seven. Who was the guy you would hope that they would take that? Now, don't pretend like if so and so, like, they stay at seven. I know Turcotte won't drop. Maybe we'll take him out. So they stay at seven. Besides Turcotte, because realistically he's not dropping. Besides a miracle. So I, I see you're smiling. You're probably going to pick him. Who would you? Who would you I'm them smiling take? because Chad thinks so little of me. It took like 120 seconds of prefacing. Like now, listen, Anthony, be you realistic. Can't you can't pick Jack Hughes at seven. Okay, let's be real. <laughs> He said so many ground rules. <laughs> it really speaks to my level of understanding. <laughs> Just my eyes glazing over. <laughs> um, we talked about that, you and I, a little bit, and, and the rest of the group at Die by the Blade, um, when you were kind of commissioning the uh, SB Nation draft, yep. and we came up at pick number seven. 
and we had a choice to make between uh, Zegris and um, Caulfield. Those are the two guys. I could, and, yeah. and it was a unanimous decision on the part of the voters, which I was surprised by, um, but I was pleasantly surprised by it. I think they're the two guys I waffle between realistically right in that spot as my two favorites. That said, Cole Caulfield is 100% my horse if, if that's the case, but you cannot go wrong with uh, Zegris. Bill? Unfortunately, I was hoping to not have to repeat, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think Caulfield's <laughs> a guy. I think it's, you know, he's. A, we need more goal scorers. Right. I, I think he's the, the, the pure goal scorer. He's got a great release, great shot. Uh, I, I think if you can get him at seven, you go up there, you smile, shake hands, and, and you're on your way. And hopefully, you're done for the day because you right. traded the other pick. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. Can you imagine like leaving that day with Cole Caulfield and Jason Zucker in your pocket? Like, yeah. oh my god. Like, yeah. That's right. a great day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it's. I'll do this. Everyone knows I'm a Caulfield fan. Yes. I think Zegris, I think, could be a great option, too. Now, he's... I think he's more of your playmaker than your scorer. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. He's played center and wing for the U.S. development program. Um, he played wing primarily in the U18s. So, it's... I think a lot of people, when they're deciding between the two, they go, oh, I'm going to go Zegers because he's the center. And the same thing. If, if it's tight yeah. between a center and a ringer, I'm going to go the center. That, that's kind of my tiebreaker. But I don't think Zegers, I'm not sure if he's going to transition as a center or a winger in the NHL. Part of me thinks he's more going to go as a winger. So, but at the same time, if they pick Zegers, I'm okay with it. I think, again, like you said, that's my two guys. It's I think it's Zegers. I, I think it's Caulfield. Um, Cousins is kind of getting there for me. I didn't think he'd be there at seven. He's grown on me a little bit. Doc was my guy to start the season. I've kind of cooled on him, and now I'm kind of eh on him. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned, Krebs, I'm not that high on him. I think Boldy, as I mentioned, I'm not that high on him. So if, I think that's interesting is I wonder if he picks a Canadian guy over a U.S. at all. That's kid. so funny, right? That is the interesting part of this, yeah. right? And, and, and the other thing I want to bring up, right, if Cole Caulfield drops – to the 20s or late teens, right? That just shows me that the NHL learned nothing from Alex DeBrincat. Yeah. Learned absolutely nothing. NHL yeah. scouts just... To this whatever. day, I still send Chad every time he does something important. Yeah. 30 goals. That, that's my hold-on yeah. thing. I remember we did a... Yeah, DeBrincat was my boy. But yeah, the American thing is interesting because he's, he's Hockey Canada's GM, right? Right. But he seems to be exclusively right. into USA Hockey <laughs> right. products. Right. He's just like, yeah, I just work for these guys. I don't drink this stuff. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's funny. It's, so to get everybody else involved here, who am I? We'll start here. Who's your guy? Who's your guy? Two Caulfields. Three Caulfields. Okay. All right. I know nothing. I know nothing. Okay, so Caulfield was a unanimous pick Alexander here. Newhook. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Chicago was interested in my three. It's okay. it was Zegris. Who was the guy tweet? Zegris, Caulfield, and Turcotte. I think wow. I, I think I think Turcotte. He's from Chicago. He's a center. It just seems redundant for them to right. get Caulfield though. It's like, dude, I mean, can you imagine Caulfield? they had him though? They have Patrick Kane, Caufield, and like the Brinkman, and they're like, yes, that score a bajillion goals again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that'd be funny. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. we dropped. Oh well, that's, that's the next part I was going to go to. You my next to transition. If now this this brings up something we we've talked about back and yes. forth a few times in the last podcast episode. 
if he drops, trading up and using 30 or 31, yeah. seven, so packaging seven and your second first round pick to move up to five or yeah. four or three. Right. Um, Wherever you're moving up, it's the first, it's the both first, right? Let's right. operate under that premise so there's no confusion. Yes. Okay. So, Bill, you weren't really in that conversation. I'm kind of mm. curious your thoughts. Really, I think the only guy to trade up for is Turcott. So, let's say he makes it past Chicago and let's say either one, Colorado or LA, they call you. Seven and thirty-one. You're the Jason Botterill to go get Alex Turcott. Would you do that, or would you prefer to have that 30, 31 to go get another player, like NHL player now? What makes it tough for me is at Anthony brought this up is you have so few assets. Yep, and that's what I would struggle with. Is because right. I, unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, I think at this point you kind of need both of those like yeah. you need to go draft a high guy that you know you're going to see in a year or two and then also go get a guy that is going to help you right now potentially if a package multiple guys that is yeah. going to help you right now uh, it's kind of like how we talked about before they even traded the third first round pick this team is different than the team before yeah. when Tim Murray traded those first for Kane or O'Reilly and yep. Uh, Ryan Leonard, Leonard, yeah. Yep. So I think now it, it was a mistake then, but it's not a mistake now because of who you have on the team, especially now that you have Skinner. He's locked up. You have Skinner, you have Michael, you have Reinhardt, uh, you got Dalene. So I really think now is the time where you need to go. Like This team needs to start winning now. Uh, and I think you, you do that by probably staying at seven, taking your guy, and then using that trade chip of the late third round or first round pick to go get somebody else to help that top six, uh, and then you go. It's time to just start moving forward. Yeah, this was one of the few things that Chad and I, I think, like, disagreed I was going to say, on, I'm going like, to be on the island here yeah. because it's going to be Anthony and Bill against me because I would absolutely trade that pick to get Turcotte. No, I know. I think we talked about it on the 99th episode, yeah. episode 99, yep. right? So yep. I don't want to, like, necessarily rehash that whole conversation. Right. But um, you made me think about it more because at first I was vehemently like, no, because I'll take Caulfield and Zucker. You know, it's basically, would you trade Caulfield and Zucker for Alex Turcotte? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. And I thought about it more, and I decided I still wouldn't. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Betrayal number four. (laughs) Betrayal number four, right at the end. Um, No, but uh, it's close for me. It is. It is. It wasn't as close initially, and then I, you know, listened to kind of your thought process on you're really strengthening, you're fortifying the center spine, right? Forever. Um, Pretty much. Right. And you know, just kind of the use the assets, but like you know, Bill is just saying, you need to start making those roster improvements I know everyone's like well Tim Murray started giving up draft picks for that it's like yeah he did it badly though like you need it you can do it well you know what I'm saying and we need to do it well and I think trading 30 or 31 whatever it ends up being um for Jason Zucker coming away with one of Caulfield or Zegris that's that's a huge win and I don't I don't need to lose that asset this summer maybe maybe another year maybe you're a contending team right or maybe you're a little closer or you don't have so many bad contracts or you have more assets right this year I just don't I don't believe that's the right move but you do so I want to hear what you got to say yeah so quickly because we're running out of time so I, I and I think you touched on it my whole premise is, is it's the center position in the NHL I think is one of the most important positions on a team, right? So if you're going to get Turcotte and you're going to put him with Jack Eichel and Casey Middlestat or Sam Reinhardt or whoever is going to be your other center, let's say Middlestat is going to work. He's going to be like a 50-point player the rest of his career. Conservatively, we'll say he's a 50-point player. Then you have Turcotte and you have Middlestat and you have Eichel. Tell me that that, if Turcotte 
projects to be what he is, which is a pretty good two-way center. Basically, basically, Turgot projects out to be Ryan O'Reilly that can actually skate really fast and score. That, that's what he projects out to be. So if you get that player, and you have Middlestat, and you have Eichel, I mean, isn't that a dominant three center group you have there facing teams going into your future? I mean, it's... I see smirking, so I'll give you a second. Five coming. <laughs> oh, no! no that's just, go ahead, I'll let you go. So, and this might be, again, probably the wrong way to think about it, but if I am Batro, I just fired my coach, I just hired another coach, I need to start winning. In your scenario, you're going into next season with Eichel, Turcotte, and Middlestad. Turcotte doesn't play next year. Then you have no setter. How are you going to get a setter? I, I just I think you're setting yourself up for another bad next year, and the pitchforks come out. Reverse betrayal. <laughs> and I guess easy answer is that is you get, you find yourself something to make it work for a year or two or maybe it's Reinhardt maybe it's maybe you get somebody in a short term deal who has two years left a center we're not thinking of where he's not going to be William Carlson or somebody but maybe he's maybe he's what Patrick Bergman was supposed to be last year that hybrid 2-3 center where that he wasn't can, even really working either even when he was here before. well because he played like one game as a center and the coach moved him to wing and then Vladimir Saboko went up there and played it just that was a whole mess but if you get if you get a better one, I'm not saying if you get Patrick Bergman, but a better player who, in, in a way, I mean, go get a similar player to Kevin Hayes. Right? That's what Kevin Hayes is supposed to be. You don't want him to be your second line center long term, right? No. You eventually want to be that guy who can do it for a year or two, and then he steps into your third line guy. Or maybe when Turgot comes, and he becomes your fourth line guy. Like, he moves down, or maybe he moves to the wing. Like, then, like, you figure that out on a short-term deal. So when Turgot comes in... That guy is then out, and then that creates the opening in the space for him. Okay. Or you, you can move him. You think Turcotte and Caulfield neither play next year? No, only two players that can play in the NHL next year are going to be um, Kako and Deuce, in my opinion. I could be wrong. There's always that well, random guy well, who does play. but Turcotte's definitely not, right? I mean, he's committed to... Well, he can still forego. Oh, okay. That doesn't usually happen. Though. No, I mean, okay. you can pull the Gergensons route and say, I'm not coming, and then... Oh, I forgot Gergensons did that. Yeah, he yeah. say, I'm not coming, and then... If he doesn't make the NHL, he goes to the AHL. Right, right, right. But I think they'll let him go to college, though. Whoever texts him, I think they'll let him go to college, though. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at anything that happened, but if you're asking me which I would choose, I'm right, and that, sticking that's to fair. it. Yeah. Would, so quickly, we have three minutes left. Would you... What if LA said, okay, seven and 60-whatever. It's your third-round pick. But you don't have a second or a third. Your next pick is your fourth round Fine. Pick. Oh, my God, You yes. would do that? Okay. Yeah. And then that would be fine. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I would still trade the second first. Yep. Well, yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because now you're getting guys that you know are going, well, have a higher chance of right. being great players. Yeah. Right. All day. Okay. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they'll do it. It's completely I think that third round pick, they're going to pick a goalie, if you're asking me. Ooh. And that's based on when I wrote about uh, comments from, geez, for like two minutes, um, from Gardakar wrote about the recap. They talked with my count. They talked with six goaltenders. Wow. And they range, and they range, the interesting part, they range in that. Um, Spencer Knight actually made it seven. Talk with seven goaltenders, but they're not going to draft him. They range from Spencer Knight, which is probably going to be a top fifteen pick, right. all the way to like that eighty-ish range. Okay. So I think in that third or fourth round pick, that's where it kind of lines up. They're going to pick a goalie. I hope Mad Sogard falls. The more I've looked at him, the more I really like him. Uh, yeah. But I think if they keep that, se- I'll say this: if they keep the second round, the first 
So the second first-round pick. Okay. I even think that could be a goalie, and that could be Solgard. That really? Surprise me. That's interesting. Um, I forget who it was. And I want to say it was Chris Baker, but it was early in the year, and I apologize, Chris, if this was not you, but somebody who I whose word I respected because I follow them on Twitter um, projected that the Sabres will be picking two goalies in this draft because you've got three sixth-round picks. Yep. So he's thinking you're getting one in the middle, and then they're going to use one of those sixth or their seventh to address because they've got a dearth of that. Like, yeah. organizationally, they have nothing. I mean, they've got UPL and, like, a lot of, like, fairy dust. Like, a lot of nothing. Yeah. So you, right. you almost need to in this yeah. draft, especially because you've got that backloaded draft where you could take flyers on whatever you want. Yeah. So we got a, literally a minute left, so we got to kind of cut out here. But we have to make our announcement. We didn't do that yet. Well, do you... I mean, technically, we still have... Well, we could. Do you we could. You're going to squabble bonus? and waste all 60 seconds. Well, we could do this. So should I just sit here and stare? All right, so we'll make the announcement. With the 44 seconds we have left, then we'll come back and we'll talk some more. So, bonus podcast for 18 minutes. But 40 seconds of here's the announcement. So, Beyond the Blade is making a transition and a change. We are, as of the next podcast, looking at my calendar here, um, we are officially going to be a Die by the Blade podcast. So we are moving officially to an SB Nation podcast and onto their SB Nation channel network. So we're, we're joining the big group finally. We've always been on Die by the Blade, but now we're officially joining and moving into the channel. So that's the exciting part. I'll play some claps here as we go out. Very exciting, very exciting. Thank you. We'll be back in two minutes with some bonus questions from the people here with us. Be right back. <laughs>